We just want to bless your name and give back unto you. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. 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 All right. So we are now going to invite Clayton Collins from the great state of Ohio, the Buckeye State of Ohio. He's going to come down and uh, deliver the word today. Um, Clayton and Holly and their son are uh, newer to the church, and we've always been joking about it uh, because they've actually been a part of the church for quite some time. Um, and, um, but they were here and made Pennsylvania their, their official home, um, but they had some uh, really cool responsibilities. Can't say obligations, just like beautiful opportunities in Ohio, uh, teaching out of school. So they were here during the week and they would drive all the way back to Ohio to preach and share the word of God. Uh, and so then that ended, and like literally that ended, and they were here for one week, and then uh, coronavirus happened. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they've been a part of the church for about two months, but because of corona and, and awesome things that you were doing in Ohio, uh, they weren't able to do it. So he is a, uh, a familiar face uh, to uh, the leadership here. Uh, he has been a, a, a long friend for some and a shorter friend, but an awesome friend uh, for many of us. Uh, such an awesome family, so faithful to the Lord. But also, which we're really excited once uh, all this is lifted, a very, very powerful, powerful ministry um, that the Lord has just birthed through uh, the Collins family, uh, a ministry of reconciliation, ministry of healing. And so when all this is lifted and we're allowed to come back in larger numbers, we're really excited to release and uh, yeah. in Bristol Hope Assembly, uh, a healing and deliverance night. Um, so there's a mantle on Clayton and his wife uh, in healing ministry, we're talking about legitimate healings of, of people getting out of wheelchairs, blind eyes seeing, you name it. Uh, and so we're really excited. But he's just such a wonderful heart of the Lord, full of the love of the Lord. And so let's just go lift you up and before you get into the Word. I'm yeah. moving my stuff here so yeah. get organized. And you know, uh, how old are you, man? 30. 30. And so here's another thing, man. It is so exciting. I mean, I'll, I'll be 40, so we're not that far off, but um, it's so exciting seeing like younger people coming in and preaching the gospel, and they have a different feel about them, they have a different look about them, they have a different expression, but it's all the Lord, and the Lord is just blessing, and it's so awesome to see the Lord uh, lift up His name in a generation of people uh, that so many have made fun of, right? That millennial generation. Uh, but here we have a millennial Giving the power of the word. Of yeah, come on, man. Come on. So, Lord, I just bless Clayton and, his, and Holly and their son who are at home. I just bless them in their faithfulness. Lord, I bless them in their faithfulness to the things of the Lord. Lord, I pray that you just overflow upon them your goodness, your provision. Lord, I pray that even though they're away from their family in Ohio, Lord, that they can feel loved here. That this will be a time of just growing in you and, and expanding their ministry and expanding the ministry, Lord. Lord, I bless him and I just pray, Lord, that you just release his tongue. Lord, that even when he's preaching, that you would download him by the Holy Spirit. New things and new revelations to say even now in this hour. So we bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. You don't need a microphone. That's why I'm taking it. Okay. Yeah, without the music, you're good. Because oh, the so camera awesome. sucks up. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Maybe just speak a, a little louder than, than yeah. what usually would be good. Yeah. 
my goodness, it's an honor today to bring the Word of God. Uh, honestly, it's the greatest honor for me. It's the greatest honor that we can have to represent Jesus and just to allow my heart to burn and just just find words to express a little bit how good God has been to me. How amazing the Holy Ghost has been to me and my family. And uh, I just want to give a shout out and just say hello to you this morning. I know many of you watching uh, you know, via YouTube or Facebook, watching live today, or maybe you're watching uh, the replay a little later on today. Many of you are faithful members of Bristol Hope Assembly, and uh, I just want to thank you. I want to thank Pastor Dave for welcoming us into the family, and I want to thank you just for your faithfulness to the Lord uh, during these Different and trying times right now. Yeah, I believe that God is doing a deep work inside of those who have said yes to Him during this time. It's actually a very exciting time. Uh, God is just reshaping, I believe, and remolding some things in our heart. And I'm just honored. I'm, I'm honored to be welcomed into the family, uh, Pastor Dave. Thank you so much, just for your kindness and your graciousness, welcoming us into the family. Um, and, and I want to say this just in all sincerity. It really is a great honor to teach the word. It's a great honor to open the scriptures and just dive into the heart of God. And uh, I say this, if you're a member of this church, I say this not to flatter, but you're setting under some of the most powerful and anointed teaching that I have ever heard. Come on. Uh, the words that, that Pastor Dave is bringing and even some of the men of God that, you know, the few of us that are sitting in this room today have pierced and stirred my heart. And Pastor Dave was saying it just a few moments ago, thankfulness is the currency of the kingdom of God. I just want to say this, that, that you uh, just need to give thanks to God. Uh, for, for being able to be a part of this family and for the teaching that you're receiving. But I want to say something this morning, something that's burning on my heart. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit's convicting us and inviting us into a deeper place. As amazing as the teaching is that you're setting under, the teaching that you set under and the teaching that you hear is not what's going to change your life. Come on, come on. The teaching that we hear can inspire us, can convict us, but it's, see, I, I've said it this way before, getting into the Word of God, which is what we're going to do this morning, every time it will inspire you, it will stir your heart. Getting into the Word of God will inspire you, but getting the Word of God into you That's where will it is. change you. That's where it is. That's what it is. Getting in the, you know, when we are in the presence of God. Which, I mean, we can't go anywhere to escape from His presence. But that manifest presence of God, when we are in the presence of God, it stirs us. Something comes alive inside of us. But the Bible actually teaches that getting the presence of God into you is what changes you. Come on. It's what makes a difference. It's Come being on, faithful. So I want to encourage you today. I know many of you, we may have some guests on here Come today. On. That we are uh, not only in this church, but we are in a generation, we're in a time where the Word of God is readily available to us. Come on. There's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of teachers. There's a lot of prophetic voices, you know, many of them saying some really amazing things. You know, of course, there's some weird stuff out there. There always will be. But there, there's some amazing things 
And, and I fear that in this generation, in the body of Christ, um, you know, we, we have become accustomed to saying amen very loudly with our voice. You know, and then moving quickly onto the next revelation, the next wow, teaching, yes. the next exciting thing. But I want to tell you, faithfulness is a huge key to the kingdom. That's actually what we will be judged on, is our faithfulness. That's good, bro. Come on. What we take and what we steward. We are to become stewards of the Word of God. You know, so many times I'll hear even people sometimes in, in classes that we teach or, you know, just Christians coming forward and just saying, pray for me. I, I want to hear the voice of God more clearly. I've been having trouble hearing the voice of God for my life. But number one, how often are we privately in the scriptures? You know, not just it's wonderful when we corporately come together or when we join a Bible study. But in the secret place when no one's watching, how right. often are we privately in the scriptures reading it for ourselves, studying on, it for ourselves? Come but on, also, how often are we obedient to what we have read and what we have heard? That's it. See, because obedience, see, so many times we're crying out for a fresh word from God. God, I need to hear a new direction. I need something new from you today. I need a new nugget of truth. But have you obeyed the nuggets of truth that you have already received? So good. Have you been faithful to it? See, see, we, we're familiar. I'm going to reference a few things. I think I might start preaching here in a moment. I don't know. But we, we uh, the, the parable of the talents, you know, we, we are familiar with that. The master comes and he gives to one man five talents, one man two talents, one man one talent. And then he goes away on a journey and they were judged on their faithfulness, the multiplication, taking what was given to them and through their faithfulness, through their investment, multiplying it. See, the word of God is a treasure. And when it's given to us, what are we doing? Are we the man who buries that talent? Or are we the man that actually goes and, and becomes not only a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word? That's good, Clayton. Come on, keep going. You know, I was reading some this morning, and you don't, you don't got to turn here with me. We are going to read a couple scriptures together. But just even in, in 2 Timothy, you know, there, there's so much fear and panic circulating throughout the globe right now but it talks about in second timothy in the last days perilous times will come it talks about people being lovers of themselves rather than lovers of god and all of these things that we've seen all throughout the ages disobedient to parents just really it boils down to living a self-focused instead of a god-focused life but in second timothy 3 7 it says these people are always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's it. Come on. I'm like, it just grips my heart when I read this. I'm like, holy ghost, I don't want that to be me. I, I, I know I, I've grown up in the church. I've grown up under great teaching. I've grown up around the things of God. God, I don't want to always be learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. I want the truth to pierce my heart. And I want to be transformed by it. So I believe this morning, and I really believe my life message, I really do. Many of the people watching today, you've been faithful to the Lord. Some of you longer than I've been alive. And so I, I don't believe this morning, and I don't believe even with my life, I don't believe my life message is to bring some new revelation, some deep truth. I believe that my life message is to stir our hearts. That's good. Come on. Keep to going. become faithful to what we already have received. Come on, come on. 
See, when Jesus was talking in the book of John to his disciples about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, he said he will guide you into all truth. But then he said something uh, very important that I want to do this morning. He said he will bring to your remembrance. That's it. Those things that I said, those things that I taught you. See, I'm going to tell you this morning, I don't think I'm going to say a whole lot of things that you've never heard before. But I pray that the Holy Spirit is bringing to our remembrance. See, it can't be brought to our remembrance if we never heard that teaching before. That's right. You know, we're hearing it for the first time. It's being revealed for the first time. But if you're remembering something, that means that you've seen it before. You've heard it before. I believe that even in this time of quarantine and, and isolation... Uh, to some degree, we're isolated in with our families. I believe that's the that's really the thing the Holy Spirit wants to do. I, I don't know so much, and I'm not saying He doesn't, but I, I don't know so much that He wants to reveal new secrets in His Word that He want, He He wants to take us deeper. Don't don't misunderstand me in that. But I believe this is a time where He's bringing to our remembrance. That's a good word, bro. Things that Jesus has already said. Bringing it to our remembrance so that it can pierce our hearts and change us. And so we can live from that changed place. I love it. So that we can let our light shine before men that they may see our good works. I love it. And glorify our Father in heaven. Yeah, the Bible tells us, yes, to study the word of God. But what does it say? Study to show yourself approved. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It doesn't say study so you can have a deeper understanding than the church down the road. It doesn't say study so that you are more equipped to argue with atheists or agnostics or heaven forbid believers that have a different theological persuasion than you. It says study. Why? What's the purpose of studying? So I can show myself approved. That's a good word. So it can pierce my heart and I can become that workman. That labor sent into the harvest, the word of God, primarily and initially is to do what Hebrews 4.12 says, to pierce our hearts. And then once it is gone deep on the inside of us, we can present that to others. That's a good word. You know, we're, we are so familiar with this one. But I, I'm praying that our hearts are stirred in this this morning. And that, that we value this time that we have alone with God and alone with our families you know, the, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees came to Jesus. We're familiar with it. I promise we're going to read a scripture together here in a moment. But I'm just, things are flowing out of me. Familiar stuff bringing to my remembrance. It's what the Holy Ghost is doing. They come to Jesus and they say, teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? Come on. I mean, I, many of you, I can hear you finishing it already. You're familiar with this. You learned this in Sunday school when you were a, a little child. You can quote it. What's the great commandment of the law? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he made a startling statement. He said, on these two hang all the law and the prophets. Everything that we study in the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there's so much in it and there's so deep that, that we can dive into it and it's continually speaking to us, but it's, it's to produce fruit in our life. See, I, my, my heart's convicted sometimes. I'm not, I'm not trying to point any fingers at anybody else, but primarily it's, it's, it's pointing back at me. 
But there, there's been such a critical spirit that has tried to grip this generation and try yeah. to grip the body yeah. of Christ. It's a good word. You know, we, we, we have allowed knowledge to puff us up and it breaks my heart sometimes even looking on social media and seeing what believers and ministers of the gospel literally using the word of God to attack and argue and tear other people down. But Jesus said the great commandment is to love God with everything inside of us, every part of our being, that that love would so permeate the inside of us that we love others. That we love those, we love God so much that we love His image in everyone around us. We love those created in His image. And He said, all the law and the prophets hang on this. What, what I hear in that is whatever revelation that you think you've received, from Genesis to Revelation, whatever you believe God is speaking to you, whatever you believe has been revealed through His Word or revealed through the prophets, if it doesn't produce the fruit of love inside of you, if it doesn't produce the, the awe and reverence to want to love God and know Him more, and it doesn't produce a deeper respect and love for your fellow human beings created in His image, then I think we might have missed it somewhere. I think we might have misinterpreted something. I think we might have grabbed a hold of some knowledge that hasn't pierced us because everything hangs on these two things. That's a good word. So I believe that God wants to just bring that to our remembrance during this time. Come on, Tony. So why don't we, why don't, I've been quoting a lot of them, why don't we read a passage of scripture together. Yes. If you're uh, watching with me this morning, you can go ahead and turn in your iPhones, your iPads to Matthew chapter 7. Some of you may have an old-fashioned Bible. I have one at home that I never bring outside of my home that I love. Shake up. Thank you, Lord. Turn in your Bibles, turn in your iPhones, turn in your ancient scrolls, whatever you've got to the, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7. Google Goggles. And we're going to read verses 24 to 29. Again, very familiar parable. Matthew 7, 24 to 29. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended. The floods came. The winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell. And great was its fall. See, we are familiar with this passage of Scripture. We're familiar with this parable. But what, what is it all about? Jesus said that the one who, that he talks about two different types of people in this parable. And let me tell you something startling. Both of them heard the same word. Both of them heard these sayings of mine. They heard the teachings of Jesus. But they had a different response with their life. That's a good word, Clay. Come on, man. See, one of them heard these sayings and did them. You, you know what's startling about it? You know, I look at it and I just, I just bring this parable into modern terms. Both of these men probably went to the same church. Come on, Clay. 
You want to know something? Maybe the man who built his house on the sand, he might have even said amen a little bit louder and with a little bit more enthusiasm than the man who built his house on the rock. He may have listened very intently and taken great notes and memorized and heaven forbid, maybe even used some of it as ammunition to argue with other people that he knew and understood more Come than on. them. Oh, I'll, I'll step back just a little. I'm stepping on now. Toes. You can step right back. I'm wearing steel-toed boots this morning. He heard this. He understood it. I don't know. Maybe he amen really loud. But it didn't change his day-to-day -day life. You preach I believe it's in the book of Romans. It says, as many as are what led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Not as many as memorize a lot of Scripture. Not as many as have really, uh, you know, just strong theological opinions. Those that are led by the Spirit of God. I'm not saying, listen, with all my heart, the Word of God is living and powerful. We should study it. We should dive deeper into it. We should forever and for all eternity be a student of the Word of God. But we study to show ourselves approved. We study to allow it to make us that workman that needs not be ashamed. We rightly divide the Word of truth so that it can rightly divide us. That's what Hebrews 4.12 says. It divides soul from spirit. It removes double-mindedness. It removes every other voice but the voice of the Father. Come on, bro. But then there's the man who heard these sayings and did them. You know, I, I love the entire Bible. I love the Gospels. But I love these three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I was listening to them again this morning. Probably for the last five years, I get into a lot of other things. But at some point daily, I read Listen to or meditate on those three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I believe that Jesus gives a brief summary in those three chapters of many of the things he's going to teach in the four Gospels. That's good. You know, in other words, he, he may give a little verse about forgiveness and, and letting go of grudges. And in another chapter, he may give a whole parable or pages to it. But it's at least mentioned in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I just, you know, this, this term, I call it the roadmap of the narrow way. Come on, that's a good Jesus verse. said, narrow is the way and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are a few that find it. I believe personally, you know, part of what that narrow way is, is the teachings of Jesus found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. What's the narrow way? It's to turn the other cheek. The narrow way is to bless those who curse you. The narrow way is to not feel obligated that you have to go one mile, but now you get to go two. It's the joy of your heart. The narrow way is judge not, lest you be judged, to not look at the speck in your brother's eye, but to allow the Holy Ghost to remove the plank from your own. Then you can come with a spirit of humility. Say, bro, I know the Holy Ghost can deliver you from that speck. I had a plank in my eye and he set me free. I know he can do the same for you. We come with a spirit of humility. That, I believe, is the narrow way. That's the sayings of Jesus that we hear. And many times we understand them, but they're not our first. We, we know if they have rightly divided us when somebody wrongs us. When somebody talks bad about us. You know, when we're challenged in our comfort zone, are we going to respond are we the one who hurt every time we forgive, every time we go the second mile, every time we bless those who curse us, 
Every time we prefer others above ourselves, every time we do, like in Matthew 6, we, we do good not to be seen by men, but to be seen by our Father. We pray in secret, we fast in secret. We're, we're laying another stone on the rock. We're building our life on the rock. You know, I, I want to point out another point here, and we're seeing this worldwide right now. I mean, crazy, I mean, greater than we ever have, greater than I ever have before on, on a global scale. But I want to tell you, the storm of life, the challenging and difficult time came to both men, came to both houses. You know, sometimes, and, and I think it's, it's taking some truths in the Word of God and maybe taking them to unhealthy extremes. But I think a lot in the West, we've had this mindset, for whatever reason, totally contradicts common sense, totally contradicts things that Jesus said. But we think if we love God and we're dedicated to Him and we give our life to Him, that, that life's supposed to be easy and free of challenges. And, you know, God's just going to bless everything that we do and there's not. But, but Jesus actually said the opposite of that. We love the promises of God, but here's one that you, if you've ever been to a Christian funeral, you've heard it before, but it doesn't make it on a lot of Christian t-shirts and refrigerator magnets. All the promises of God are yes and amen. But Jesus said, in this life, you, that's all of us, who's exempt from that? In this life, you will have tribulation. It's part of living in a fallen world. It's part of walking through this life. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome this life. See, the storm came to both men's house. But one of them, it tested the strength of the house. And because it was built on the rock, it stood the storm. The other man's house collapsed and fell apart. I believe that we are seeing that on a global scale right now. This storm is hitting our home spiritually. And, and what's happening? Some of us are, you know, we, we, it, it may be a little bit difficult, a little bit different. Take a little bit of getting used to, a little bit of pressing. But, you know, you guys are studying the book of James. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Come on. Why? Because the trials are fun? No, but because it tests your Testing of your faith produces patience. See, that's what the storm does. It tests our foundation. It comes and hits the house and sees if it's built on that rock or if it's built on the sand. And let me tell you something. If it's built on the sand, it will crumble and it will fall apart. And we're seeing that all over the world. People losing their mind, losing their peace of mind, losing their sanity. You know, what am I going to do? Listen, let me tell you something. That's not a message of condemnation. It's actually the grace of God. It's actually the kindness of God. See, I, I think so many times we as Christians lose so many battles because we try to build our house in the middle of the storm. It's a good word. Oh, we we wait on. until the rain begins right. to fall and the thunder right. and lightning is crashing. And then we see you, you never see that in the natural. You never see someone pouring concrete and laying a foundation when it's pouring down rain and when there's a twister in the background. Yeah, it's not very successful if you do see it. It's not the time to be building. It's, it's a little too late to be building. But we do that all the time. We wait, you know, and we're seeing this in this worldwide pandemic, but we wait till we get a horrible report from the doctor. 
Come on, Clayton. You know, I'm not saying, listen, God's gracious, but we rush to get prayer. We dive into the Word of God to see what God has to say, you know, about healing and about these health and life and His Word. Or we wait until our marriage is, is hanging on by a thread. Or, or we wait until some disaster strikes, something's going on with one of our children. And we scramble to try to build our house in the midst of the storm. You know, instead of meditating on His Word day and night continually. And acting on his word. And then when the storm comes, it may be uncomfortable, but it tests our faith. And it just produces patience inside of us. Come on, but even if the storm hits and your house collapses, it's not a time to hang your head and be depressed. It's a time to rejoice. It's a good word. It's a time to rejoice because all is not lost. We just realize, you know what, the things that I was trusting in, the things that I was building my life on, it's sand. That's good work. It's shifting. It's moving. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We can just plow all this over. We can take the material. We can salvage. And from today on, I'll begin building my life on the rock. I'll begin building brick by brick. See, I believe that's happened worldwide. The storm has hit and many houses have collapsed. It's a good it's word. It's a time to rejoice. It's a time to rebuild with the Holy Spirit and begin reevaluating and begin as the Holy Ghost is bringing to our remembrance the things that Jesus taught and the things that Jesus said. We can begin from this day forward to begin walking down the narrow path with Jesus. See, it's, it's, I've said this over and over and I can drive, just, I feel like we're driving this point home. But we can sit in church and we can say amen very loudly. We can wear our Christian t-shirts and bumper stickers and we can even memorize the word of God. But what is our automatic reaction when somebody betrays us? What is our automatic reaction You know, when, when somebody speaks evil of us falsely? That's important for the sake of Jesus and the kingdom. Is it really to rejoice? Or, or is it to get a chip on us from like, I can't, but after all that I've done for them and I've just loved them and I, they're, they're going to walk out of here offended and trash this church and say this and say, or is our reaction, God, I thank you. <laughs> Great is my reward in heaven. I love you, Jesus. When we begin to have that mindset and that attitude, we know that we are beginning to build on the rock. That's a good word. We're beginning to hear these sayings and do them. You know, it's, it's never, we have missed it so much if we take the word of God and try to point it outward to everybody else first. That's good. I, I want to read, you know, we're studying this now. I want to read a familiar passage of scripture here. Um, thinking about wrapping it up here in a few moments. But if you guys are good, I want to I want to read something together out of the book of James. Yes. We're just going to jump into chapter one. And I'm going to read verses 23 to 25. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty... And continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. It's a good word. I want to point something out to you. 
this just hit me one day, and I, I, this phrase came into my mind, and I believe it was the Holy Ghost as I was reading this. The Word of God is a mirror. It's not a telescope. Say that again. Come on. The Word of God is a mirror. It's not a telescope. You understand, it says when you look into the perfect law of liberty, you're looking into a mirror. And it's really, you know, some of the stuff I believe that Josh is talking about in the identity class. It's, it's gazing into that mirror so God can show you actually who you really are, who he created you to be. But it primarily is a mirror. But I think we have missed it because I, I see it on social media. I see it in the world. We, we use the word of God instead of a mirror as a telescope. To examine what's wrong with this movement or what's wrong with this preacher or this politician, what they're doing wrong, what they could be doing different. And here's my YouTube video that I made and my five scriptures that prove that they're wrong about this. And that. No, I'm sorry. You missed it. I'm sorry. We've, we've missed it there. It's not a telescope. It is a mirror. And we maybe have looked into it and, and, and too quickly gazed into it and used it as ammunition to tear others down and to argue with others instead of looking into it and realizing this is a mirror and oh my gosh, this is talking to me. This is speaking directly to me. This is the Holy Ghost talking to me, equipping me for this life. I'm seeing who God created me to be and as I see that, I become, it compels me to action. When I believe differently, when I see differently, I live differently and I become a doer of the word. See, we, we rightly divide the word of God so that it can rightly divide us and we can become that workman that need not be ashamed. Listen, I, I believe that is something that is hindering us from receiving the move of God that, that I really believe it. I'm not just trying to be cliche. I believe that God is ready to pour out something on planet Earth. I believe he's preparing us, but I believe one of the things that have hindered us from receiving is a critical spirit. In the world and in the body of Christ. See, we're full of a lot of opinions, but not a lot of conviction. It's a good word. You know, we, we, I, it breaks my heart sometimes just to see some of the arguing and some of the things that go on. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, if, if I, I believe this with all my heart, I'm not saying we can't have strong opinions, but the Bible actually says, all of us, boy, let's let's take this. And just throw it in our back pocket and chew on it a little later today. We all see through a mirror dimly. Yes. We all know in part and we prophesy in part. That doesn't mean we walk around with a big question mark over our head. But it does mean that we have a heart that is a heart of clay and he's the potter and we're being shaped. Let me tell you this. If you've been walking this walk with Jesus at any point at all, how many of you, I can raise both hands, you've ever, you were sure of something. I mean, there was a particular doctrine. There was something that you knew that, you, I mean, you would argue with somebody about it. And then one year later, three years later, five years later, you begin to receive some new truth and you begin to realize, oh man, <laughs> maybe I need to backpedal on that a little. Maybe on, I good. didn't have quite the full under, maybe I was looking through a mirror. Can anybody say that? Yeah, I can on, say that, come on. If not, then we haven't grown very much. But let me tell you something, when we have a prideful attitude and when we use the word of God, God forbid to insult others. And to stick to our conviction. Listen, if you have to 
disrespect somebody else to win your argument, your argument's not worth winning. Come on, dude. It's just wow. not. That's good. See, what happens when we're so dogmatic about this, and then three years later we realize, oh, man, maybe that dude was right and I was wrong. God forbid, I mean, you know. Man, if we had just a, an ounce of humility in our presentation to others, maybe it would be a little bit easier to backpedal and apologize and say, you know what? You know, it, it, I, I don't know. This is just pouring out of my heart this morning. Come on. The Word of God, it's a mirror. It's to look on the inside and it's to transform us. It's a good word, man. Come on. Come on. God has not called us to criticize others. He's called us to be an example. Let your light shine before men, not point out where their light's dark and this person's not doing. I'm not saying that we don't warn about, you know, true false prophets and, and things like that. But so many things, man, are just hearsay. That's good word. So many things are conspiracy theories. So many things are opinions that can't be proven right or wrong. Why do we talk about it? Why do we, why do we tear others down? My goodness, I'm thinking of, of this example, and it's, it's humorous. It breaks my heart, but this was my real reaction. Sometimes I'm just raw, and sometimes I just... I remember a time, and, and I already knew this, and they, you know, people that were believers, I don't know, you know, that's up to God, but people that had some understanding of the Word of God anyway, enough to make some of those YouTube videos I was talking about. And, you know, pick out this movement or this famous preacher, and you know, you're, you've seen some of those before. If you haven't, don't watch them. I can save you the time. You need about a 30-second clip of something the preacher actually said, taken out of context, no more than a 30-second clip. Then a still picture of, there's many of them, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. That particular preacher, a still picture, and then the narrator's voice comes over and just gives you about a 20-minute dialogue of everything that's wrong with them and scriptures of false prophets and doctrines of demons flashing in your mind. And then, you know, some weird thing, you know, and here we have rare footage of Pastor so-and-so behind the scenes drinking a glass of water. Look, there you have the evidence. You know who else drank water? Hitler. Here's a picture of Hitler drinking water. I think you guys see the connection. I, that may be a bit facetious and a bit no, silly, but it's not too far off from the truth. I've seen them. You know, people draw this and, and we form these opinions based on, you know, all of this stuff. It's not based on fact. But I remember one time there, there was someone who kind of leaned in this vein and it, it, it annoyed me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting having coffee with him, and he brings up a particular well-known preacher, a particular, I won't say, but a famous preacher, and he asks me, just as we're having coffee, so what do you think about so-and-so? I could tell by his question, he maybe wanted to hear what I thought about so-and-so, but he really wanted to tell me what he thought. This was just the, you know, polite thing to get out of the way to hear what I thought, so he could tell me what he really thought, and I also could tell by his tone of voice, he didn't think anything very good of this person. I'm like, you know, to be honest, I don't think of them much. And I'm like, I've seen a couple of their YouTube videos. Seems pretty cool. I rejoice that the gospel's being preached. But I'm like, to be honest, bro, I don't think of brother so-and-so all that much. I don't know him. But I'm like, I will tell you this. I'll be like, I want to flip the question and ask you, bro. I want to ask you this. What do you think brother so-and-so thinks of you? <laughs> he looked at me a couple moments. He's like, well, he doesn't even know me. He's never met me. 
I'm like, exactly, bro. He doesn't think about you because he's never met you. He doesn't know you. And you've never met him and you don't know him. You didn't go on vacation with his family last summer. You didn't have Christmas dinner at their house. You're forming an opinion based off of a 30-minute YouTube clip or whatever. I'm like, don't we have better things to do? Don't we have better things to do? Honestly, you know, if, if, if we're fulfilling the Great Commission, if Come we're laying on. down our life, if we're walking what the book of James says, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to take care of widows and orphans in their trouble. See, I just tell you, me personally, I don't get into all that junk because I'm really busy with what God has called and anointed me to do. The, the call of God on my life is bigger than without miracles I'll ever fulfill in my short lifetime on this earth that God graces me with. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to take so much more. I don't have a whole lot of time to critique and criticize and go over, you know, with a telescope, everything that I think everybody out there may be doing wrong. You know, I heard somebody say it like this, and it was funny, but it struck me. He's like, I know God has called some of us to fulfill the Great Commission, and he's called others to set it home behind their keyboard and critique everybody. But he's like, that's not my ministry. Mine is the former, not the latter. That's good. You know, I, I, I just pray some of this would convict our hearts, because let me tell you something. You know, our job, we should not use the Word of God to find fault in others, Instead, we should allow it to show us who God created us to be. We should allow it to convict and change us. And then through our life, the Holy Spirit will convict others. Come on. The greatest sermon on forgiveness you can preach is forgiving somebody that doesn't deserve it. Your life. The greatest sermon you can preach on going the second mile is actually doing it. Actually going out of your way to lay down your life for somebody else. See, I love it. I, I really am. I, I, I promise, you know, <laughs> in closing, I really promise that in closing, you know what that means, right? You know, are we living in the end times? Are we living in the last days? Yes, of course. You know, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he quoted the prophet Joel and he said, it shall come to pass in the last days. Says God, so for at least 2,000 years we've been in the last days. But the way I look at that, when Peter stands up and quotes the prophet Joel and he announces we're in the last days now, that's like God standing up and saying, and in closing, <laughs> 2,000 years later, in, I don't you know. It's not for me now, the times in the season. I'm just saying that one, that one struck me. But we love, uh, you know, Pastor Dave mentioned it a little bit. We probably won't get into it too much today, but we will at some point. You know, Pastor Dave mentioned the miracles. I've been blessed to see God do some amazing things. It's been awesome. Literally, I tell people this and I'm not being silly. It's, it's the reality of the gospel. I've seen God open the eyes of the blind on more occasions than I can remember. I've seen Him open the ears of the deaf. I've seen Him straighten out crooked bodies. I've seen Him remove cancerous tumors from people. I've seen Jesus set people free who were tormented by a legion of demons. And just like you read in the Bible, they're setting and clothed and in their right mind. I've seen these things over and over and we love the miracles and we want to see them in our life. We want to see that. But let me tell you, sometimes that will cost you something that will inconvenience you. Mm -hmm. we, we don't think about that part. You know, I, I love one of, one of my favorites is that I, I mentioned it, the story that, the, the, you know, the man who was uh, living in the tombs, who was tormented by a legion of demons. That's a miracle. 
That this guy did not just suddenly get better. A guy in this condition doesn't just snap out of it one day. It was a miracle. They were shocked when they found this man who was insane, shedding and clothing in his right mind. But what happened before that? They went out of their way to get to this one man. It's good. He didn't show up to their healing meeting. They went out of their way for one man that society would deem like trash, nothing. He doesn't matter. He's a crazy man. You know, we, we just need to tranquilize him, put him in a straitjacket and lock him. And I'm not saying that's, that's wrong. We've got to keep people safe. But we are out of sight, out of mind. But no, he was everything to Jesus. It was inconvenient. He went out of his way. They went all night long through a storm. You know, probably showed up with no sleep. You know, their eyes red, soaking wet. Maybe some of my luggage fell over the side of the bum on the way here. This was a horrible trip getting here. And then they went there for this one man. And then the whole city asked them to leave. He's worth everything. He's worth it. Sometimes it's inconvenient to carry that anointing to the hurting and the broken. Sometimes it means going out of your way. Sometimes it means missing some sleep. Sometimes it means taking money out of your own pocket to cover the travel or to get there or whatever. But it's, it's worth everything. It's good. It's worth everything to Jesus. Being a doer of the word, it'll seem like it costs us something in this life. It's good. But we're really giving away what doesn't matter to gain what does. See, when the rich young ruler was confronted by Jesus, he put his finger on the idol in his life. The thing that you love more than me and my kingdom. He walked away and it said he was very sorrowful. He couldn't let go of this stuff. But then one of the disciples, I could just see him with his chest out and a big smile on his face. He's like, Lord, see, we've left everything to follow you. Jesus rebuked him. He said, there's not one that's left Anything that will not gain so much more both in this life and in the life to come. We, we forget this is the creator of the universe. So good. Whatever he asked, we I mean, come on. Whatever he asked us to sacrifice, he gave it to us in the first place. It's good. So, you know, it, it's amazing. We hold so tightly to these things that are passing away. I pray this morning and I pray during this time of quarantine that the Holy Ghost grips our heart. That as we rightly divide the word of truth, that it's dividing us. I encourage you today. I want to close in prayer over everybody watching this today. But take this time, whatever is left of it. Take this time of quarantine. Take this time of being shut in and begin to build an altar. To the Lord with your family. Begin to worship the Spirit of God and say, Holy Spirit, I thank you in this time. You're bringing to my remembrance the things that Jesus taught, the things that I grew up hearing in Sunday school. Many of you today, if you're watching right now, God is convicting you. And as I'm talking, you are thinking of somebody that you are at odds with. Somebody that there's been a strain on that relationship and maybe you've been angry, maybe you've been hurt, maybe you've been disappointed and you're spending your time justifying why they were wrong and I'm right. Humble yourself today. Send that message. Make that phone call. Open your heart to allow God to begin to reconcile. That's the Holy Ghost bringing to your remembrance the things that Jesus taught you. Forgive. Let go of the past. 
Maybe you're feeling today, you know, to bless somebody, to go out of your way. I know we're not receiving another offering or anything. We've already done that today. But maybe even during this time, it's a squeezing time and a difficult time for, for many people. Maybe you're feeling a moving in your heart to bless a minister, to bless somebody with money or to do this. And you think, I, I, I don't have that. I can't do that in this time. I'm telling you, that's the Holy Ghost. If you're thinking that bringing to your remembrance the things that Jesus taught us about generosity. It's good. Whatever it may be, listen to that still small voice. And if it seems, I want to pray for those, if it seems like our house has crumbled because it wasn't built on the rock, today we rejoice in this time that the Holy Ghost has given us to rebuild. Listen, if you're watching right now, I want you to stretch your hand towards the device that you're watching on or lift your hands to heaven right now. I just want to pray for all of us. Holy Ghost, we honor you today. I thank you that you guide us into all truth. I thank you that you're bringing to our remembrance everything that Jesus taught. And I thank you, God, that as we are rightly dividing the word of truth, it is rightly dividing us. Hebrews 4.12 is piercing our hearts. God, I thank you for giving us the grace to let go of the things that slow us down and hold us back. As we joyfully embrace the thing that you're giving to us, God. I pray that in every, every person watching, every person listening, in every weak area of your life, receive the grace of God. Thank you, Receive the grace of God. I pray for restoration in relationships. I pray for financial miracles for those that are in need. Right now, every person that is sick or afflicted in your body right now, I send the word of healing to you in Jesus' name. I rebuke that infirmity off of your body and off of your soul. And I say, be made well in Jesus' name. I love you guys so much. Just as we go today, where we uh, I guess we're not going, we're going to our homes. But as, as we just today uh, meditate on what God is saying to us, just realize that He is so good. He loves you. And He's bringing to our remembrance the things that Jesus said and taught. Amen. I look forward to seeing some of you in person uh, when it's permissible. I love Jesus. I love you guys. Come on, love it. Come on, who's fired up from that word? Such a great, great word, Clayton. Powerful, reflective. And what a season of our lives and a time and place for our nation and globe to do that reflection. And as uh, Clayton was, was preaching, so much that was standing out to him, but just to reiterate something as we Step away here. James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filth, filthy, filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with weak meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. I felt the Lord is just speaking to us and it's like, look, man, do you even look at yourself in a mirror? It's so much easier having a telescope and looking at others. But do you actually take a time of reflection and look at yourself in the mirror? And I, I would say this, I think many believers do not look at themselves in the mirror. Because they're afraid of what they're going to see. so easy to just hide behind the things and look at the other people. It's so easy to just hide behind what you know about the word or, or a gifting that you have that you just hide. To look at the mirror is to say, Lord, I'm willing to come transparent and I invite you into changing me. I know that I am a son. I know that I am a daughter of God. There are things that just need to be polished off. There are things that I'm coming to you and I'm inviting you to change me. I'm just telling you, if there's ever a time in your life to listen to this message, if there ever was a time in your life to say, I want to have a time of self-reflection, man, it is now during all this. Lord, we come before you and we say, Lord, we want to be transformed. We want to be transformed in your likeness. We want to be meek. We don't want to have wrath. We want to be slow to be angry. We want to be slow to speak, but quick to listen. And Father, we invite you to transform us into your image so that people see your likeness inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful week. Hope to see you on our Wednesday prayer call or on our Book of James study. We're going to have Mario have a time of, of worship, a time of reflection as you're there with your families. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you soon. Bye.